Hi, guys, and welcome to Soap Dish Salem Style. I'm your host, Michael the Maverick. Everyone calls me the Maverick, you know. And, of course, I have my two co-hosts, Eric and Tony. Say hi, guys. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Audience, by the way. But that, that's okay. I'll accept it. <laughs> I love you either way. <laughs> but, you know, since it's a holiday week and, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone is probably going to wait till Saturday to actually watch days or whatever. So instead of doing a recap, we're going to wait until next week to do all of that. And we're going to have a top five favorite moments. And when I say favorite, I mean classic days. I mean the days of Brady Fish Market. Um, think of something else, Tony. I know you know all the good places from back in the day. Shenanigans. Yes, shenanigans, blondies. Tuscany. Oh, mm. The Last Blast Crew. God, how I miss Robin Thicke. Dot com. I love dot com. Oh, my God. It's my fave. Salem oh, Place. Do you yes, I love the Salem Place set. Yes. The Penthouse Grill. <laughs> yes. Oh. We have to do a top five favorite sets now. That's not what this is, <laughs> but we need to. Agreed. They had so like many sets out. back in the day. I would also huh? like to point out that this podcast is sponsored by classic days we love you classic days if you don't follow him her on twitter i don't know which one it is <laughs> what pronoun she or he or she they use, but they just use they for now <laughs> use but make sure you follow them if you get accepted you will not regret it i promise you uh, it's literally the best thing that has ever happened to me <laughs> mm-hmm. i love but, that uh, twitter I am going to start it off just to give everyone the idea of how we're doing this. Number five for me. My number five favorite storyline came to me at a time where I'm a lifer. My grounds watches days. My great grounds watch days. So, of course, it's always been on in the background. But this storyline made me a watcher for sure. And that is Eve Donovan and J.J. Devereaux's affair. Oh. <laughs> okay. Now, I know I'm going to catch a lot of heat for this. I know people are thinking, wow, that's a trash storyline to pick. But hear me out. Hear me out. It was steamy because the teenage going on 20-year-old son of Jennifer Horton Devereaux decides to shack up with her mortal enemy since high school. That's steaming to me. And then it's the fact that they still hated each other. They were just messing around just because. And then plus it gave <laughs> Paige Larson something to do before she died. I'm going to let y'all have it. <laughs> I can kind of see that. I think I never understood why they were screwing like they never really made the motivations of that clear. So it was hard for me to get attached to it. True, but I looked at it like this. JJ hated that woman and she hated him because he was Jennifer's son. That's the only reason I like Almost it. wish they had done the relationship without him having dated Paige. But I thought that added something to it. I wasn't watching at the time. I was on a break from the show. But I've seen some clips, and I have to agree with Michael. 
I thought it was a like it was a good dramatic storyline based on the character's history. So to me, I felt it was just very, very, very steamy because they would start off having relations, insulting each other the entire time, and then fall into bed, and then get right back up and start insulting each other again. But let's go to Tony next. Okay. So my number five, I think I like Ariet, uh, is our last blast baby. They are my faves. So my number five is actually the 2000 last blast where Sean and Belle danced to rhythm divine. I swear to God, I watched that scene so many times. It literally crashed the hard drive on my computer. I loved all the last blasts, but that one was my favorite. I understand, and I'm probably going to catch heat for this. But me, me and Tony were already talking about this. I did not get into Sean Douglas and Belle until Martha Madison and Brandon Beamer got into the world. Um, so I, I, I've always liked Sean and Belle, but I feel like at that time they were being kind of propped um especially like the later years with using Mimi as someone to like always boost them up and they were ignoring her and her storylines but I've, I've always loved Sean, Belle, Philip and Chloe and the entire Last Pass crew so I get why Tony picked that as a favorite it was a good one. So thank you. <laughs> but I also understand why you prefer uh, Martha and Brandon's uh, Sean and Bell. So, but um, yeah. Okay. Elani Queen, it's your turn. What is your number five? My number five, speaking of Elani. <laughs> Their historic wedding, wedding. I thought it was beautiful. I loved it. Thank you, Soap Digest, for picking it as the best wedding because I agree. But like, I, I could have. They could have like cut out some of the hijinks, like yes, Gabby 100%. showing up and Tamara passing out. But I was told like they couldn't use her in every episode. So I get it, but like, but otherwise it was a beautiful wedding. I love their wows. I love the set. I thought they looked beautiful. And I, ju- I was just happy to see them married. I had waited like since the moment they met. So that was my number five. That was a good one, but you know how I feel about that wedding. You know how yeah. I feel they were short cheated. That wedding should have been promoted everywhere. That was the so. first, especially wedding. given how historical it was. It exactly. totally should have first black on-screen wedding in 2020. That should have been as a publicist. They should be like, okay, what's yeah, what's, but also, do you want uh, to caveat that? Do you want to address that you've never done a black wedding before 2020? But I think the show, especially the powers that be should have known that this was the first on-screen wedding for an African-American couple. So the show should be ashamed of 
of themselves. But mm -hmm. I understand that Sal and Lamone are feeling honored. So, but it, they should have they should have acknowledged it. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting heated about that too. <laughs> the show could have done more press, more like focus on Sal and Lamone, have them give in, an interview or something. But I mean, they they did do one, but they didn't do nearly as much as they could. Definitely, I feel like as a black person. Ebony, BET, it's so many Black publications that they could have went to with this, but they didn't. And as a Black person, I feel like, well, damn, we get one after 55 years and you short shielded it. But then again, they did Eric Cole like that again. And you know how. <laughs> In comparison, Ilani got more promotion than than Eric and Nicole, but like they, they could have done so much more for Ilani, but it also, they also had some interviews outside of days. Mm -hmm. um, it's only so much two people can do. Yeah. It's only so much but two people can do. It's been, it's been like this for years where Sal, Lamone and us fans have, have had to promote the couple and not mm -hmm. the show. And that is, that has been pissing me off. Not lately because they're being better at it, but like last year or two years ago, we had to do a lot of promotion and it was exhausting. And we didn't get any, any storylines either for it. And to all the Sin fans, it wasn't just during their tenure either, it was before. Because I remember when Eric and Nicole first got back, all of us. Eric Cole fans, we had to band together to basically promote, oh, this is what's going on with them, this is what's going on with them. They don't really do big publications anymore. They don't really do, all we had at the time was ABC Soaps and that, and which is yeah. gone. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's Soap Opera Digest. And let's face it, they weren't covering anything but wine, R and B and B. NGH. As always, we were the little soap that could. So, good choice, Arie. That really started a good discussion. <laughs> it um, did. My number four, I know a lot of people hated this era, but, you know, I'm a huge James E. Riley fan. Shoot me. I don't care. <laughs> the Salem Stalker says Melisland. Oh, yes. That's I a good one. Oh. I clipped that entire story on my YouTube. I had to since delete it because, you know, YouTube police. But I clipped that entire story just so I could rewatch it. Oh, my God. First of all, they was killing any and every damn body. Abe Carver. They killed Alice Horton. Choking on a donut. On a donut. They done killed my poor Aunt Maggie with a damn wine bottle. Oh my God, I was dying. Tony, the mayor, everybody was dying. And you could not figure the tiger. out. Let's talk about Cassie falling out of the pinata. <laughs> Let's talk about Roman dying on his wedding night. Oh, yeah. No, it was on his wedding. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was at, at his wedding. It was at reception. And that blood curdling yes. scream. Oh my God, I think that might have been Lauren's best work. Oh, she, that was Emmy, such... work. Emmy worthy. 
But anyways, and for months, people could not figure out who was killing all these damn people, killing all the When it was revealed? Missing Dr. Marlena Evans, Brady Black. And I said, my God in heaven. I was in the hospital watching live because I was recovering from surgery at the time. And my mom and I were watching on this little TV that we had because they had like little TVs by our bed. And when it was revealed to be Marlena, we looked at each other and we went, what the hell? And my poor roommate next door to me was like, what are you two watching? (laughs) And I could not, I think the biggest part of that storyline is like what made Marlena do it. Then there was trial, Marlena went to jail. The truth serum. And that's thing you know, Marlena tries to escape. And both oh. her. Oh God! I'm just remembering and just picturing John carrying her to that church down the street. Yes. Down the street, she was dead, and he was carrying her down the street. And Bo and Hope could not stop him. Saddest thing I've ever watched. I just and I, for some reason it always sticks with me that Marlene, that Sammy and Belle were in yellow and blue sweatsuits. Watching this, watching on TV, she got shot, holding each other, weeping. Everyone who was involved in that storyline deserved Emmys. They They deserved the Emmy for that year, and you cannot tell me otherwise. But here we go. Months later, they pop up on Melisman. Everyone's alive. It was all because of Tony Demera, James E. Riley. We say your name. May you rest in peace, because you gave us so (laughs) opera. That year. I yes. agree. I love. I love go ahead, Ariet. Jinx. <laughs> no, I loved his storylines. Like, okay, they were like sometimes really far fetched, but he knew how to write a soap. He had an end game. Like, he, okay, he dragged everything out, but it was still like enjoyable to watch, even if you maybe didn't like the storylines. So, yeah, I love Jers writing for the most part some of it like i hate it but <laughs> i do think the story went on a little too long and that they did not need to split everybody up and send half of them home and half of them to a european castle <laughs> that okay now that's when it got like okay you're doing a little too much bring it back did, but, <laughs> did they establish where Melisone was and it was on a demera island I don't know where the island was located. I can't remember. I love the storyline and I still can't remember where. The only reason I love that other part where they was on in the Demera Castle is because it led to Roman and Marlena having sex again, her getting pregnant and all that stuff that happened after that. Oh, see, I hate that because that led us to Alex North and Alex North needs to know. Oh, that was terrible. That was terrible. I heard. (laughs) Go ahead. The the end, like the menopausal pregnancy, her losing the baby, all that was good to me. That was to me classic days. Yeah, but seeing all that to me was the prelude to Alex North. So, <laughs> yeah, once it got bad, it got terrible. <sighs> I didn't like that story. I, it would, I don't know. I just didn't like it for some reason. I don't remember why I didn't like it, but I thought it was like weird. Oh, it definitely was, but I was definitely into stuff like that. I also because... don't think Josh and Deidre had that had chemistry. 
know. Didn't she? If it was Wayne use... Northrop, if it was Wayne Northrop's Roman, I think everybody would have ate it up. It, possibly. I was about to say the same thing. Or been um, annoyed just because I mean his verse. Like I, I always used to say, his version of Roman was my favorite. Actually, watching his version of Roman. Wait, 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 no. wait! We're gonna get that. We're gonna get that. We're gonna get that. Okay, we'll will. hold that. <laughs> okay, what is your number four, Tony? My number four is the plane crash in two thousand uh, with John and Bo and Sean and Belle and Mimi and Eric and Greta and basically the entire cast going to Paris to save Hope. It was basically Rolf and Bart crashed a plane as a beta test to test John's mercenary skills. And I was glued to my television. This was the first story that I really remember being glued to my television because like you, Maverick, I am a lifer of days and it's always been on. And the first thing I really remember is a few months prior to this, I was home recovering from another surgery that I'd had. I turned on the TV and days was recording. And this was back in the days of VCRs. So you couldn't change the channel when days was recording. And, and we hadn't watched for a few weeks because uh, I was recovering from surgery and life was crazy. So I turned on the TV and Hope had short hair. It was orange and she was dying. Found out later it was Gina, but I was confused as all hell. So that was the time that I kind of popped back into days. So that was the start of it. And then this was kind of the climax of it. And then finding hope and realizing that she's pregnant, which then led us into the baby swap. Like this story that was, was the, the part st- of that story I love. Was the start of two really good years for days for me. That was the only part I loved because it provided angst for everyone in that town. Everyone felt a certain type of way about hope being pregnant and not knowing who that child's father was. And I love that we got to vote on who the father was. That was my favorite thing too. I don't know what it was about Hope's children that we get to vote. We get to vote on the paternity of Zach and we got to vote on the name for Sierra. I, I, I don't remember I do, don't remember voting because I wasn't part of the online like, fandom then? Yeah, especially not the US online fandom because days here in Sweden were they were 4 years behind. So we hadn't seen that episode, those episodes yet when they were airing in the U.S. So I got I into feel like... Bad. I was just a kid, man. So. <laughs> what, yeah, what I was... was it? That was probably it was like in, 2000? Uh, yeah, Zach was born June 6th of 2000, I think. So I was three. I was eight. I was nine. <laughs> I think what was airing right then was the possessive possession storyline here in Sweden Marlena's possession so like we were yeah four years behind so it started here in 97 so and that's the beauty of classic days because I would not have seen that storyline if it was not for them right all right next are you ready <laughs> I'm ready <laughs> um my number four is Sean crashing his motorcycle through the church window Ooh, to stop Philip and yes. Mel's wedding. It was epic. It was epic. Oh, oh, that was so good. 
And what I, I love, love about that story. I, I know Sean and Bell in with um, Martha and the Jason's version. They're not as popular as uh, uh, classic shell or new shell. Mm-hmm. Modern shell I, had the angst though. They were so good. They were so angsty. I love them. And that moment. Whew. What I loved about that storyline is that he was remembering what Bo did with Hope. But he put his own spin to it because we all know Bo did not crash in no stained glass. He walked oh. up in there and he took Hope out of there. Shonda was like, wow. I'm going to take it to the extreme. You getting all the way down that aisle and I'm crashing this wedding. Literally. Was, I loved it. But Sean was high when he was crashing the rate. Was he high or was he drunk? I wouldn't say he was drunk. I don't remember, but he was on something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was either drunk or high. But it and was. I, re- I remember when he crashed through and all you see is Belle looking up into the sky. <gasps> he was still angry, Sean, then, too, right? After his yes. accident? Mm hmm. So all you see is Belle staring up into space, screaming, and it cuts. And we had right. to wait until the next episode. And Which that was, I think was a Monday, because I think yes. it was a Friday cliffhanger. And Wasn't remember- it like New Year's? Yeah, oh, it, it was. Yes. Yeah, it was. It was, because like I remember when I, whenever I want to watch these episodes, I remember that it aired on like the aftermath, that is aired on like 4th of January, 2nd of January or something like that in 2005 and the before like in 2004. I remember so. seeing that one live because I was probably about six. I was six. Wow. <laughs> and my grandma and my great aunt were watching it. And I remember them just screaming because everyone thought that motorcycle was going to land on bail. Oh, but... I don't know how she got what what happened to Belle. I want to say somebody pushed her out of the way. I can't remember. Didn't John push her out of the way? Yes, that's what happened. But she, how did she get blood on her? Like, what happened? Did she get glass? I think on it was her? just glass. I think. Yes, it's something like Could that. Been. And I remember thinking, I remember praying to God that the that the wedding ceremony didn't finish. All right, but it did. But then she went back and did. anyway. No, they didn't have to. They were already married. They'd gotten through the ideas when he drove through. Really? Yeah. Oh, they got married. Okay, let me and write she, this down. She, he, Sean asked her at the hospital, and she was like, "Yeah, we got married." And I was, was so there. hoping that they didn't, because I was not like a I'm fan of this triangle at all. Definitely I didn't like the triangle, down. but the that scene was really good. Like. Uh, angsty shell is one of oh. my top favorites and modern Martha, shell had the angst oh, right so i loved i loved their angst as like in 2005 and 6 um, yeah and i love that they, they had claire as angst as well so mm-hmm. okay i, I love it oh so good i guess it's my turn number yeah. 3 Bear with me, folks. This is another one. You're going to be like, what the hell is he thinking? Oh, no. Any 90s storyline involving Lexi Carver. Oh, okay. Wait a second. And let me tell you about, Tony, we were kind of talking about this earlier, and I was like, save it for the podcast. I love Lexi Carver, Demary. Mm. I'm me, with you. And let me tell you why. 
she could have been up there with Hope, Marlena, Jennifer, Kim, but they did not play her that way. And no, I they didn't. Her storyline with Jonah. Okay, let me give y'all some backstory. Jonah was a vigilante, and let I loved that the pacifier story that was so yes. good. A found out and put Lexi out, which is kind of funny because you see why he's on um, Eli's side now. <laughs> oh yeah, that is such a role reversal for him. It's kind of weird. So, um, basically, Lexi moves in with Jonah, and she catches feelings for him, and this and the third. She was like, no. She goes to talk to Marlena. She realizes that she's in love with Abe. But once she tells Jonah that she used to have feelings for him, he realizes that she he has feelings for her at that moment. Okay, see, and that's where I am in the story in my current days viewing, and that's the moment that it shifted for me into something that I'm not really digging right now. It's been a while since I watched that, so I have to refresh my memory when I get to those years but yeah because i like i love the fantasies that she was having those were like smoking hot um oh my god i had to light a cigarette after (laughs) and i'm just like but it's not portraying jonah in the best light right now like jonah's just coming off as an asshole to me and it's just not true it's not working for me i feel like once that came around the possession was in heavy swing and they let a lot of the stories that didn't involve the possession fall to the wayside. Because to me, we were talking about this earlier. Lizzie could have been Daisy's Brooke Logan. She could have went back and forth between Abe and Jonah for years to come. And we would have dug it, would have understood. We would have really enjoyed it to watch that. But Daisy's never some- really had an investment in their Black characters until recently. Recently, until we started complaining. Mm-hmm. But I have to ask something. Go ahead. You go ahead. Here's the thing. We don't just have that storyline. We have Lexi finding out about her parentage. Lexi dealing with... Oh, I haven't gotten there yet, but I can't wait to see it. I just just got to the point where Celeste told the truth and told her everything. It was like watching a Sammy and Marlena scene. It was just that good. But they did not play with them they did not mold them do you know how good of a story we could have got if we actually saw Lexi go full-blown to Mara and her and Abe get a divorce she, Jonah's like you know what I don't care I want you they getting married but then she falls in the bed with Abe. that would have gave us 20 to 30 years worth of story if we're being honest with ourselves we probably would still have Renee Jones to this day because they would have gave her must hear it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, what was your question, Arya? My question is, what what is with Lexi and affairs? Like, I love Lexi. She's my favorite Demera after Stefano, that is. But they always had her cheating on Abe. With relations to Abe, because it was Jonah, it was Brandon. It was Tech. Well, no, yep. Tech, thank God, wasn't related, but yeah. I mean, she was yeah. always cheating. I don't. But he worked with Tex, so. Didn't he work at Salem PD? Yeah, he yeah. was He was there, He was was their um, tech guy, literally. I mean, I know that's kind of crazy, but, like, <laughs> he was basically their Spinelli if you watch General Hospital. Right. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. 
that's why I wish they would have explored the Lexi, Brandon, and Abe triangle because it would have went. I almost thought Theo was going to be Brandon's. Mm, that would have been good. But I here's the thing. I think they changed it. Uh, the writers, that is, they changed it the last minute. You think it was supposed to be Brandon's and they, sw- they I switched it? I think so, yeah. Because, but- like, I felt like that shift when uh, Brandon was supposed to leave when um, Matt left the show. I felt like there was a shift in the writing so they could make him exit. So if he had stayed, it would have been his kid. I think so. That's what I think. That's the impression I got when I watched that storyline. But see, I felt like if Lexi would have slept with Jonah and then eventually slept with Brandon, that would have been another Wait, so Lexi and Jonah never actually? Never. I kid you not. The story went after possession started. I have to ask, do you do you guys ship or like Abe and Lexi? Or just like I'm not I don't know that I ship them, but I give James Reynolds credit because Abe and Lexi have worked with four different, three or four different Lexis. Yes. Wow. I, I mean, I don't say I ship them, but I respect their legacy. Exactly. But- and I don't, I don't hate, like, I don't dislike them. I like them, but they're just kind of there for me. They're kind of like what Chabby is to me now. I felt that way about Chabby from the beginning. So, <laughs> for me, I actually like, I wouldn't say I ship them, but I have respect for them. Abe is like a like a father figure to me, like John and uh, Bo was. Yeah. So I love Abe. I want to see him more more storylines now. Yeah, I think it's also hard for me to, to see Abe romantically. I think that's kind of hard too. Yeah, because Abe was more like as a black man, and my dad's right upstairs. But <laughs> but he was like a father to me. You know, he was one of those men you look at, but like he reminds me of my dad. So it was hard seeing him as a romantic lead, but that does not mean they should not have wrote for him. And they should have wrote for him and Lexi. They did not. They had them as a go-to as like Uncle Mickey and Aunt Maggie, but they were younger. And I feel like it was kind of unfair that they had them as a go-to. That's just my two cents on it. But I No, I agree. I'm glad to see they're at least attempting to do something with our black characters now. And for a while, they used Ilani as people, uh, characters that uh, they went to them or whenever they need help, needed help, like at the Salem PD. And like, they're more than that. So I'm glad to see like they're getting another storyline right after this one ends based on what Lamone is saying. There's some ups and downs coming. And like, this sounds like based on what Jackie has been saying. So there's a lot coming up. So I hope Abe is uh, like the, f- I don't know. I just hope he gets a good storyline with Ilani center, not Ilani center around it, but Abe center around it and Ilani. A, a Carver centric story. Right. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I lost that word right now. Um. Okay. Tony, what is your number three? 
Okay, so for the last half of my list, we're going to kind of delve into more character-centric moments. Okay. So for my number three, my first character-centric moment that always makes me go aw every time I see it, and the anniversary of this moment just passed like a month ago, was Marlena, Brady, and the toy. This was the pivotal moment that kind of changed in Marlena and Brady's relationship because when they first brought Brady on as an aged teenager in the form of Kyle Lauder, he was the angry teenager with the chip on his shoulder that he and Marlena did not get along. They did this whole story for more than a year Wait, where Marlena one, really one did not. One second. Go ahead. I love that storyline because Marlena beat the hell out of that man. Continue. <laughs> but um, they did this story for more than a year, which really didn't paint Marlena in the best light at times where um, they really didn't get along and there was a lot of resentment between them. And this moment when she gave him the Gray Hulk for Christmas, a toy that he lost when he was a little boy. And then they showed us a flashback, which was a newly created flashback of little Brady and Marlena when he lost the toy. And then just the way that Kyle and Deidre played it, it makes me cry every single time. I love that storyline because... That storyline put a lot, as a huge Darlena fan, I went to college because of Dr. Marlena Evans. <laughs> so it put a lot of questions of John's loyalty between Marlena and Isabella. It answered that. Yes, John loved Isabella and he will always love Isabella, but Marlena was the love of his life. And it taught me at a young age that you can have two great loves in your life. Because even watching back on my number one story, you can tell that he would die for Isabella and he would die for Marlena. And that's what I loved about this story. It may have been yep. years after Isabella's death, but it solidified that he loved both of those women. Right. Okay, I guess. <laughs> I don't have much. I don't remember that much of that storyline. I remember it because I remember it was an argument between Brady and John, and he was like, "Did you ever really love my mother?" This and the third. Yeah, and, and this like, was also was... around the time that um, you remember the train accident where Bell got hurt. Yes. Yeah, that I remember. <laughs> yeah, that like Bra the issues with Brady and Marlena were happening around that time, and then Marlena actually thought that Brady hurt her yeah, on purpose, mm -hmm. and then that led into Brady getting shot and being paralyzed. And I remember that argument, and John was like, "Kid, I loved your mother with all my heart. She was my true love, and she'll always be my true love." And Marlena was coming down the stairs to the penthouse, that glorious penthouse. And oh, I missed that set so much. I mean, I'm watching it in current days, but my God, I missed that set. And Marlena heard it. And it led to an argument between John and Marlena. It was like, do you really love me? Or will you always just have feelings for um, Isabella? And John made a good point. He was like, will you always have feelings for Roman? And she was like, that's totally different. I have children with him. And he was like, exactly. It, that storyline did not paint my queen the right way, but it was gold. I love you for reminding me of that story. <laughs> You're welcome. There was one scene um, I remember. 
It was when they were arguing, and Marlena and Brady were arguing in the hospital, and she was wearing like a uh, the green. pink, right? And she slapped him. This Did she slap was... him? I was talking about when she had like a green outfit on, or like a jacket you, or something. Are you talking about? Are you talking about in Paris when they fought and she slapped him? I think she slapped him, but then she put him in a wheelchair. Like, she yeah. pushed him. Yeah, because they were th- th- this. It was after the. Yep, it was after. Um, it was when John was in the hospital after what happened at Greta's carnation. Yes, wow. and I laughed that entire time because she fell at that man. <laughs> that was uh, that was such a weird scene for me to watch. I was like, "What? What is going on?" I I remember now when you guys talk about it. I didn't like his attitude, Brady's attitude. It was frustrating. But then no, again, it was. Everybody, everyone but so was looked, hers. It yes, didn't really paint anybody in a good light. Everyone looked terrible in that situation to the very end. Right. Okay. Queen Ilani, is your go. I'm going to call <laughs> you that because I don't want to butcher your name. I respect you too much. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> so my number three is Mimi being homeless how when they built that house for habitat oh, um, that was so good i loved it it was realistic and i'm the kind of person who loves realistic storylines so that too. Moved, like right so that moved me and it was finally storyline that focused on mimi and she was she felt ashamed about it about being homeless and i love that sean and bell and chloe noticed it and they saw something wrong about her like they noticed something was off and they followed her i love that scene when they like figured it out and saw them in the tent yes oh so good and then they like i don't remember the specifics but i remember them helping mimi 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 ended up staying at chloe's while they built the house Right, and that shampoo scene. Yes. <laughs> and glue and shampoo. Right, so it, it was kind of like an umbrella storyline there. But And I remember there was a group that came to perform while they were building the house. Oh, was it? Was it? What is, was, wasn't it 98 degrees? Was it 98 Degrees in Sink or Backstreet Boys? It was one of them because it was 2000. I think it was 90. <laughs> right. Um. I think it was 98 degrees, but I'm not too certain. Uh, it wasn't Backstreet Boys or anything. That much, I know. I'm about uh, to Google this because I'm curious. Do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was a good, relatable storyline. And Mimi got focused. And Mimi's my girl. I'm gonna Mimi, I am love Mimi. I'm going to huh? let you have that one because I cannot remember it at all. You don't? Um, it was a good one. I think it was in like... Not 99. It was in 2000. 99. Yeah, right. It was in 2000. It was in, thought, it was in 2000, yeah. It was yeah, like, because 2001, they, they were... they were talking about the issues with Mimi at the hospital waiting for Zach to be born. They didn't realize that they knew something was wrong with Mimi, but they didn't know what it was yet. So that was the summer 2000 story. Thank you. Huh? That's interesting because I completely forgot about this storyline. Cannot. You did? anything i thought it was so good like i i understood uh, at the time when i was watching when i was younger mimi was like i thought she was like a bit bratty but now as i've grown older i understood where she came from and she like she was she just wanted a 
better life. Like but, she but was. You, you have to remember, I was a kid when that aired, so I would probably have to watch it as the age I am now to understand it. I was a teen when it aired here in Sweden, so. Mm. At the time, I was like, what is wrong with Mimi? Why is she like this? But then I, as I grew older and watched it again, I was like, wow, this is my girl. I feel her pain. So I understand why she was like jealous of Belle and Sean's friendship with Chloe and like just being insecure. insecure. I think, I think it was her it's new relatable. friendship with Chloe that kind of made it harder for her to want to tell Belle what was going on. Right. Like Belle and I remember I don't remember how Chloe's life was before, um, like the she moved in and lived with her parents. Well, we, I mean, we we found her at an orphanage. I don't remember a lot of her her early story either, but like we we they found her at an orphanage and brought her to live in Salem. Right. Okay. That that was such a long time ago. I don't remember that, but. Like yeah. she was probably jealous of uh, Sean, Bell, Chloe, and Philip. They were all rich, basically. Well, now that, like, compared to Mimi, who was like homeless and she didn't have much. And I also liked a scene she in two thousand three where she referred to this, and it was such a beautiful scene. I posted it on Twitter not too long ago. And she talked about her being homeless with Rex, played oh, by yes, Eric I... Winter at the time. Yes, the superior so... Rex. We don't acknowledge the other. No. I... But yeah, <laughs> that was my third top top three. Okay, okay. I guess it's my turn again. Oh, I'm so excited because a lot of people don't talk about this character enough for me. And my number two storyline is the return of Laura Horton. I'm with you. Laura Horton, we do not give her enough credit for what she did. No, she spawned so much story too. First off, Laura comes back crazier than a cookabug. Oh my God, so nuts, but I love her. That's a Southern saying. And, um, she comes back, she's in a catatonic state, but not because of her mental state, it's because she's being drugged by the institution that she's in. Mm-hmm. So, Vivian saved her. Exactly. Who other than Vivian Alamein comes to save her? Why does Vivian Alamein save and then her? Lawrence, and then Laura saves her from getting a lobotomy. <laughs> Why does Vivian save her? Because she has the goods on Kate Roberts. Nobody knows the connection except for one, well, three people actually. Laura, Kate, and Marlene. Bill. Oh no, Bill didn't even know. Bill didn't know. He didn't know until he got back. Like literally, like Lucas's Lucas's parent reveal at that party, spearheaded by Laura, is probably one of my favorite things. That and then her testimony leading to um the truth coming out about Billy and Austin and Curtis. Yes. Ba- first off. The reveal of the whole affair between Kate and Bill was so good to me. It reminded me of when Stefano revealed that Belle was not Roman. Oh, yes. That paternity reveal was epic. 
And it was like, you knew me watching, I knew what was already happening. But I was. And what was so cool about that is you could see the threading for it, even when Kate first came to town. Yes. Like knowing where it was, oh, it was so good. It, what was killed, what got me was Marlena knew the whole time. And when it finally came out in court, all you see is her rush. I got to go. I got to go. She's running home to the Hortons trying to prepare them before. (laughs) And that was fun to me. Yeah. Marlena being messy. But (laughs) I mean, parent, uh, parent. Patient doctor confidentiality means something to Marlena. Yes. And but she could not say anything until it actually came out. That's what I love about her. Also, her return led to Jack Devereaux coming back because you know, Laura's time in the meadows led to Jack becoming a better person and realizing that he wants to fight for his family, even though I believe he should have married Laura because that affair they had in between then was smoking. Oh my God. But um, I remember them having an affair. But why did they, they have an affair? It was such a long time ago that I watched it all. So, okay, so they both it's, were in this facility, the Meadows, to work on their mental health and their emotions. Laura had just been dumped by a man who was secretly paid off by Peter Blake to dump her. Wait, did he dump her, or did she leave him because she was too scared to be with him? Because they had because. Because I'm watching her get there, and it was after she couldn't make love to him. It was a mixture of both. She was getting ready to leave him, slash trying to work out her feelings at the same time. But also, Peter had paid him to leave town because he figured that he was falling in love with Laura and was going to reveal Peter's plans in the background. If his plans were revealed, Jennifer was going to leave him. So, yeah. And then Jack was already at the Meadows. At the Meadows he- when Laura got there. And they connected in such a strong way. They did not know each other. They were using pseudonyms. They were using fake names, which didn't mm-hmm. make any sense to me. Because I'm like, what facility actually does this? But it made sense in the sense that, okay, I can see why they're going to have an affair. But they're not going to know who the other is. Plus, Jack had never went with Jennifer to visit Laura. They made that very clear. Right. It, but it's... Argue- it's- it kind of hard for me to think that he didn't see a picture or that she that Laura never saw their wedding picture so that she wouldn't know what Jack looked like. He never got that far, but Jennifer never took pictures up to the meadow, like not to the facility. And Jack never cared enough to ask, can I go? Plus, Jennifer never kept pictures of her mother around the house, mainly because if Bill came in, it always used to hurt Bill. You know, back then they never talked about Laura and her illness. It was kind of okay. Well, I guess that makes sense because, like, as I'm watching it now, I'm thinking, like, well, how? I'm just thinking, how did Laura not see her her daughter's wedding pictures and realize that that's her husband? Well, by then, her and Jack were divorced, so she had gotten rid of. But even still, she missed her daughter's wedding, so you would still think. True true but it makes sense like when you hear their explanation of it it makes sense of how they never met each other or how they never saw each other so that affair started because they really 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 connected and that was the st- probably the steamiest affair next to John and Melania was in the <laughs> because it was really good I was rooting for them to get together actually 
but I'm curious to see what I think about it the more it starts. But curious yeah. to see what I think when I get there after rewatching all the other eras, decades. It's a long way to go. It's really, really good, I promise you. But Laura Horton does not get the credit she deserves. She's Aww. the reason why Kristen and Susan Blake were revealed. Um, the flying teeth. <laughs> just Such an iconic scene. I love that one. The only yes. thing I hate is that they did not give Laura Horton the shine that she deserved. Because they basically put it that after Jack, she did not want to love again. And I'm like, I get that because her and Jack had a really passionate affair. But she then she a- somehow wound up back with Bill. No, I don't think she did. Because remember Wait. when Alice Horton passed, they were still divorced. Didn't they get back together at that time? No, they what? didn't. It, they alluded to it, but they didn't. Because Bill went back to Africa. Laura went somewhere up north because that's where Abigail went and he Boston. Was mm-hmm. I was I was wondering, was Matt Ashford, was he playing Jack at the time or was it No, it was Mark Valley. Right. Cause I remember a lot of like Jacks in the nineties. Like Yeah. There were only two Jacks in the nineties, Matt and Mark Valley. The other two Jacks that preceded Matt were in the eighties. Okay. Wait a minute. No, there might have been a third Jack in the night. It was a third one, but Valley. he was so bad that it ended like a he was year. He only there for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it's your turn, Tony. Number two. All right. My number two, and it was so hard to pick between this and my number one for my number one spot, but it is Bo holding a dying Roman. In November of 1984. That moment, the score, Peter's performance, just everything about that moment. I love it so much. There is nothing like an an 80, like the eight the score in the 80s and early early 90s. It elevated every scene. It pulled at your heartstrings. And Peter probably gave one of his best performances I've ever seen in that scene. That's a good choice. Really good choice. My thing is what I love about death scenes back then, death actually meant something. Now you die. I'm sitting there watching. I can't even feel this because I know you're going to be back in two years. Right. What? But I feel like characters came back a lot like back then. They did, but it was a longer time between returns. True. That and 70 other people didn't come back with them. Right. Like, Roman died in 84. John didn't become Roman until 86. 86. When Marlena wow. died in 86, she didn't return until 91. 91. Wow. So the- I didn't realize that a lot of years had passed, but that's true. And hope passed. In, in 90, and she didn't return until 94, 94, so there was a long span of time. That's a long time. Yeah. I, I like, I don't know if I, when if just, like, time was differently for me when I was younger, but it felt like it, it happened, uh, all of these things happened sooner. You know what it is? I think we, 
we watch everything, but there's only certain things that we actually remember. So right. it feels like the things that stick in our brains happen a lot closer together than they actually did. But I will say rewatching it now, you can see that stretch. You can feel it. Because yeah. I know, oh, 100%. Because I know when Hope was presumed dead, I was like, damn, I miss Hope. Hope where is Hope? And then I remembered, oh, she's dead. <laughs> but I will say, even though I knew she was dying, since you mentioned Hope, as I was watching her death in 90 and her funeral and stuff, even though I knew she was going to be back in four years, I was sobbing my face off at one in the morning watching this. Yes. Y- you could feel the gaps. Like when Roman was dead, you could feel it. Yeah. Now, go- going back to the scene that I was talking about with Roman and Bo, when they brought him back in 91, he actually said that he heard Bo and heard everything that he said that day. And rewatching that scene with that in the back of my mind puts a whole new spin on it for me. Yes. Mm. I didn't even think about it like that. Good catch talk. Let me write this down. <laughs> I have to go back and watch it. All right. Aries. I hope I said yeah. it. Um, that's okay. It works. It works for me. <laughs> I get it's a different pr- pronunciation in English than it is in Swedish. So usually Ariet is how it's pronounced in English and Ariet in Swedish. So it works. Um, anyway, so my number two is Sammy's execution storyline. Oh, but I'm I referring, to, that. referring to a specific scene when Lucas ran yes! in. No! <laughs> I shot, I killed Franco! No! And he was screaming. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, finally! How, that how was did I so- forget about that? I'm so mad at myself. Thank you. No. June 99. Go Both, ahead and watch it. Those scenes where Marlena was saying goodbye and she sung that little song. I got her. the lullaby. And then Sammy sings it to her in the coma. I lost it. It was so beautiful. Oh. Ah, I lost it. But that scene is probably one of my like all-time favorite scenes with on days and also with Lucas and Sammy. But, oh, it was such my, a good moment. I don't, my I don't know what baby. I can say because it was that good. Like it, it speaks you for itself. You can't say anything when it's that good. Yeah, my num- my number one is a moment that I think you're number one too, Mavericks. I think we have the same one. Um, it's gonna be a moment that speaks for itself. Right. Okay. Here we are. Number one. The tale of two Romans. Okay, you went a little bit broader than I did. Well, see, when I think of the tale of two Romans, I don't think of it lasting one year. A tale of two Romans lasted to me when 1991, when it was revealed that Roman was alive to the moment Roman left after the after the affair and the paternity came out. Oh, so you th- that whole story spans about three years for you because it kicked off in... August of 91 and went to February of 94. 94. Mm-hmm. Oh, that story is so beautiful to me because. I mean, it really is. It's so good. It, let me see where it really got there for me. For me, it started 
when Marlena came back to town mm-hmm. on that dock with the fog going. Roman, yep. Roman. Roman. And- <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to jump in and say it. We can have one giant discussion. My number one is the pier. The piercing. Oh, oh it's so first, good. It, the first time I saw it, I boo who because Oh my God. It's so good. Although when you watch when I watch it now, as much as it makes me cry, it also makes me laugh. Because the story he tells behind yes! it. <laughs> the soap talk story. Have you heard this, Ariet? No. So did you ever watch the 40th anniversary episode of Soap Talk that they did for days? I don't think I did because um, it was it wasn't something I was in uh, the fandom. I wasn't in it. Okay, like at a time. If you get a chance, YouTube Drake and Deidre on Soap Talk for this. But I'll tell you the story now. So when you watch that scene, oh, there's right. a moment. Is that with Lisa Rinna and um... yes, Ty Treadway. Yes. Okay. Okay. I remember their <laughs> their interviews, but I I didn't watch it back. In the so day. when you watch the moment on the pier, there's a moment, and it plays like he's like touching her hair and like he's and looking, looking at, at his hands and looking at it and looking at his hands like oh my god she's real it's really her. What's actually happening in that moment is he's pulling her hair out. Like she had a hairpiece on a halo, and so like as he's touching her, he's pulling her hair out. So she's whispering in his ear off camera, like you can't see or hear her say this. You're pulling my hair out. So when he's grabbing his hands, it's literally like, oh my god, I'm actually pulling her hair out. But how? Like how? How strong was his grip? <laughs> was he literally like? <laughs> yeah. <grabbing> <laughs> It's so funny because as, as they try to talk about it, he like tries to talk about the hair piece that she was using and she's like, no, no, okay, girl part. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the whole thing. It's like the moment itself with the music and like the music cue back then, like the Roman Marlena cue. Like I was not a big Roman Marlena fan. Like, wait, but their music cue is everything. Well, I wasn't a fan until... Drake stepped into the room. Yes. Drake and, and Deidre had the chemistry that was it. Like, and I didn't really see much of the first run of Marlena and Roman in the 80s to really know, but 90s Marlena and Roman was not it for me. Roman in the 90s was a gigantic prick. Yes, we'll get to that. Hold on. <laughs> so after the pier, Marlena goes home to try to work everything out. You know, they had that little hard discussion about Isabella, what they're going to do with her. Isabella was actually willing. We don't talk about this often, but she was actually willing to step to the side. Yep. But we see someone in a dungeon who's been tortured watching Roman and Marlena. Well, quote unquote, Roman and Marlena. And all you hear is, who's that with my wife? Doc? Doc! Yeah, and then I and all you like, see is Roman screaming in a cage, and I knew what was happening, but all you hear is me scream. My roommates came in. What's wrong? What's wrong? I said, Roman's alive! Oh my <laughs> god, Roman's alive! <laughs> it's so crazy because like I knew the results as I was watching the story, and I'm sure you did too by the time you got there. But yeah, but I was like. I imagine I've I can't imagine what a out. mind fuck it was for everybody watching live in '91. Exactly, I remember watching it play out, and I'm just like, the scream he let out when he saw John, John and Marlena kissing. 
Doc? Doc! <laughs> like, it's hilarious, but it was like, in the moment, you're like, oh my God. So I guess Roman gets out. I can't remember how he got out. Tony, you so might John have- and Marlena went and found him. They went down to, they went down to Mexico to figure out what happened because she was having dreams. Oh, no, but no, she no. was no Stefano let him out. <laughs> Stefano let him, him Stefano out. let him no or he escaped. No, 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 he's or he let him escape. But John and Marlena were already on their way down there to get answers because she was having dreams and hearing yes, and hear hearing a voice that but she didn't realize it was Roman at the time. She just kept hearing a voice and they wanted to track down the truth of what actually happened. So they were on their way to Mexico and they were trying to get answers and she runs into him in the jungle. And she passes out in his arms. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they go into this whole explanation that while Marlena was presumed dead, you know, she was in that facility. And the Mexican hospital that she yeah. broke herself out of and got herself home. Like, she's such a badass, but that's. But Roman was also there too, but Stefano took him captive. Yeah. Um, what else? I think story? I think they used like they used him getting to see Marlena as a reward to keep him in line. Yes, because like because the thing that she remembers and when he heard his voice is when he got to it see was her. Taking him away, right? And so then they they go down to Mexico. They find him, but he's saying, "I'm the real Roman. I have all my memories." But they don't know what they don't know what to believe because John has all of Roman's memories too. But here's uh, the kicker. This is how they figured it out. Caroline and Sean. Oh, oh they this, lied to him. Yes. This no, that was a lie. I know. This scene broke me down. Oh. Sean and Caroline were just talking to John, a.k.a. Roman. was like, remember your 10th birthday? We had cake, blue kites, this, that, and the third. And John was like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. We did this, that, and the third. And Caroline, oh, it, you could tell it broke her heart. She's like, John, that was the first time she had actually caught him John. She said, John, that didn't happen. Roman had the measles for his 10th birthday. So she basically walked him into that fake trap. And that's when everybody knew that John couldn't have been Roman. And then they went to the ISA and I, and I didn't really love the ISA at this time. Like I didn't trust the guy who was running it, Tarrington. I had issues with him. And so when they got the DNA test back, even then I was like, are we sure? Like, are we really, really, really sure? And then everything kind of went back to normal. Roman and Marlena got back together. I swear to God, if Isabella wasn't pregnant, that affair would have happened two years sooner. Oh, definitely. Isabella um, and John got together. She had Brady. She died. Six months after Brady was born. And she left. um, She basically on her deathbed asked Marlene to take care of John and Brady. Oh my God. She called, I think either like two days before she died or like the night she died. Mm -hmm. She called Marlena. And she actually had to get Marlena's help to get John to even accept that she was dying. dying. Mm Mm-hmm. Because John refused to accept it. And that was the crazy part because John and Marlena forever had a connection even when she tried to get back with Roman. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because, and even if Isabella died, I if Isabella hadn't died, I do not think the affair would have happened. Definitely wouldn't have happened. He would have stayed with Isabella. 
Mm -hmm. because Isabella died and then not long after Isabella died is when the pit happened yes Marlena was kidnapped and John saved her yet again (laughs) and after that that, Roman and John had become really 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 good friends so they would all hang out together all three of them but they would have these longing stares at each other oh do you remember the scene in the in the in the hot springs, oh, that was after the affair. <laughs> Hold on, we ain't got to that yet. No, that was that was before. Was that before? Oh, that that was after. That was after. No, oh, the scene I'm thinking about is the one on the pier, mm-hmm. which was which was before which was before the plane. But the the feelings had started surfacing after the pit, but yes. they weren't but acknowledging we, them, and then they acknowledged remember, them on the pier. Here's one scene I can remember. Remember when they all went to this um. Charlie Chaplin movie. Yes! I didn't understand where the hell that came from, though. It was so random. That they all used to watch Charlie Chaplin movies together. And Roman had went for something like a drink or some popcorn. And they looked at each other and just stared at each other. Everybody's around laughing. All you see is them staring mm-hmm. at each other. And then, of course, there's also the, I mean, I know I'm jumping all over, but I mean, Rapture. <sighs> That was after the affair. I still have that that video saved. I might post it after I <laughs> after I post this um podcast. But that's what how the affair accumulated because John realized that he could not live without Marlena. It was hard for him watching, and, and he couldn't and he couldn't watch her live her life with Roman because she wasn't going to leave Roman. So he he was going to leave Salem and she couldn't bear it. That was it the night she, Roman on Marlena's uh, wedding. The anniversary. Their anniversary. Oh my God, I know. Belle was conceived on Roman and Marlena's anniversary. Anniversary. Oh. And, and Marlena she, went to the plane to try to stop him. And that's when John said, I'm free falling dark. Oh my God, it was so good. And when and when you actually hear, and I think it was in the same clip I was talking about earlier, when they talk about like the desperation that they had to play in that love scene. Like they were so emotionally spent after that love scene because they kept saying, no, no, we need more. We need more desperation. But you can see it because even when Marlena breaks out, oh God, and just breaks down and cries. Yeah. I don't see how they didn't get Emmys for that. I don't. Anyways, that leads to the Titan boardroom and Sammy. The conference room table, the seminal, one of the two seminal moments that completely changed the trajectory of Sammy's character. Because it's so funny. When Sammy first comes to town in January, she is so Team John, it's ridiculous. Yes, but after she saw them laying on that table, everything changed. And then we have the caught up in the rapture scene in the pub. Oh. God, the Isex. And then, um, what else? It's so much. The hot spring scene. The hot spring. Like, literally. The song playing in the background. The, the Can't hot wait. springs. The hot spring scene, though, is literally like I know. I know that they have a makeout scene in the actual hot springs, but the scene that happens after that, when they're standing there and they're just yes. talking. And I she's like, you. I willed you to come. I kn- I know what you're like after you make love to a woman, and I know, I know how, you and get I- so hot and you open the window and you step <laughs> like literally oh. it- <laughs> it's oh. the hottest, sexiest thing I've ever seen. I can't That's wait not- to watch it all again because I I've forgotten so much, but First that of all, 
we don't talk about this enough. They were at both in bed with two other people and left the bed to go to their hot spring. Yeah, because he was I dating, was I think he was dating Rebecca then. Oh, I hated Rebecca. <laughs> she was like, okay. This, I just, no, was, she was she was making too many moves too fast. This bitch moved in first day after they had sex one time and she was moving stuff in the next day. She was. I will say that. <laughs> she was. But no, she was on a second honeymoon with Roman the night that happened. Yeah, they they, they were they were on a they were on like a Titan board board trip or something. Yes, like it it was a trip that Victor organized. Yes, and John just so happened to be there. No, they all were on the board together. They were on the board together. John and and Marlena were on the Bella board together, which made it and, even more angsty because they were always working together. They there was never a time where they weren't together, which made the. Which made the dick side of Roman really jump out. Yes. Goodness. But anyways, what else? And then Marlena yeah. finds out she's pregnant. Sammy oh. switches paternity test. It she wasn't. almost thought about aborting the baby, but then she got mugged and changed her mind. Yes. I thought she was going to abort that baby for a minute. She was on her way to abort the baby when she got mugged. <gasps> yes. Oh my goodness. I I I watched all of this in like the last year. I swear to God, I'm not like so, some... did, so did I. That's how I remember it so vividly. Because mm-hmm. even like I know we keep on going back to the um hot spring scene, but even before Marlena could hear John and the woman he was with making love, she was yes. So oh, when she and she, she was jealous. She hated it. My favorite, my favorite thing though, going back to like little stuff, the entire reason that he told Rebecca that he loved her is so that the psychic wouldn't reveal that he was in love with Marlena. Marlena. Mm-hmm. You remember when they when they had at, at Abe and Lexi's anniversary party on the roof of the of the loft building? God, yes. I miss that set. Oh. It's so nice to have it back in but various in, forms. Sammy finds out that Belle is actually John's, so she switched the paternity test and writes it to her diary. And then and kidnaps her. Mm-hmm. She got off way too yeah. easy for that. She did. She should have went to jail. But, <laughs> but um, tries to sell her on the black market. By this time, Kristen and John are dating. Well, not really. Yeah, dating. well, they have this they're kind of trying not to date. Yes. And John and Kristen find Belle. They, that was Christmas, a Christmas miracle. This is by this time, yes. this with time, Billy singing Silent Night. Ooh. By this time, it's February 1994. I'm skipping ahead some. February 1994. Oh, this was so good. Bell's christening. Stefano finds Sammy's diary. And quite honestly, I'm surprised nobody else in town knew because, you know, Sammy used to talk to herself aloud while she was reading the book. Oh, I know. Every, everywhere. Everywhere. And then wonder how she people would catch on to her. But... <laughs> <laughs> and then Stefano finds out and he confronts Marlena. Oh, this was a scene. This was a scene. And he was like, either you tell him or I tell him. And then all and then all he had to do was walk in that church and she stopped it in the middle of the ceremony. I broke my marriage vows. <laughs> Literally, it's so good. It is so good. And then it it takes Roman a minute to realize that it happened with John. Yes. Because John's a minute to realize 
that it was after he had come back. Because he was like, oh, I already know about that, Doc. We worked through that. We went to counseling. We did this. No, Roman. It was after you came back. And then John's like, and then he, he gets angry and John's like, don't be mad at her. This isn't her fault. And he's like, John, this doesn't concern you. This is between me and my wife. And he's like, yeah. well, actually. <laughs> but the promos, the scene after ooh, that. Ooh. You committed adultery. I know what I, I think I you put- I don't know why I remember these. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, so like- good. Yeah. You guys, did you guys recently watch these years? Yes. yes. Okay, that's why you guys have it so fresh on your memory, because I'm like, wow, there's a lot of things I've I've forgotten. But it was yeah, always no, my I, favorite story. And a lot of things I need to watch. I watched it in the last, let's see, I'm in November of 94 now, so I think I watched everything like three, four months ago. Wow. No, I started 1991 at the beginning of quarantine, and now I'm on 1996. That's how much I've been binging during the quarantine. But you skip around, right? No, I haven't actually. You oh, you've much. been watching everything. Do you fast forward or do you watch everything? I watch everything, but I, okay, good. I, me too. I get bored sometimes, so I kind of tune in and out. But I still have a background to listen. Yeah, I'm, like I mean, nineteen sixty-five, uh, sixty-six now. So I have I a long started, way to go. I started my days binge with December of 86, Thanksgiving of 2017. Oh, I am. I started at Marlena's return. Yeah, I went back to December of 86 because I had seen everything prior to that in various couple binges. Like I had done a Bowen Hope binge. I had done a John and Marlena binge previously. I had done a, a partial Stephen Kayla binge. So I had seen everything up through December of 86. So I started with Marlena going boom in November of 2017. And then now I'm in November of 94. So I've watched about six years in, no, eight years in about three years. Wow. But yes, I Um, started with Marlena's return and I worked my way down. Um, I started at the beginning because I haven't seen a lot of the early mm-hmm. days episodes and I had bought my own hard drive with all of these episodes and I never watched it. So I was like, maybe it's time. So I started it, it in January this year and watched like four or five episodes and then I stopped. And then like last week or two weeks ago, I started again. So I watched the first eight or 12 episodes of uh, 65 and I'm watching 1966 I have like three episodes there and then I'm moving on to the 70s so okay now do you have this do you did you get the same thing that classic days has do you have more episodes than he does or do you have basically the same I have basically the same I, I think classic days has a few more episodes in the 80s that I do, the early 80s. Um, but otherwise, it's exactly the same. I compared, like, the last week or something. I was like, hmm, maybe I don't have these episodes that I need to download. But they're basically similar. So, But I'm excited to watch those early, early years. And I'm actually enjoying the early days, like, the beginning of days. It's, like, dramatic. It, 
uh, like Marie's storyline. I'm so intrigued, intrigued by it. But oh, just reading about it is—is is it the storyline where she falls in love with her brother with amnesia? No, it's about the storyline where she was dumped um, by her fiance. Like the first early storyline when she was dumped, then she got depressed and almost like she committed suicide, attempted. To oh, oh, okay. That storyline, but like. It's not full episodes, and they skip a few episodes. Like it's the 60s. There's not a lot of content, but um, yeah. So right now she's basically depressed and suicidal. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm watching like I don't know February something 66, oh, okay. 1966, somewhere around that. I'm, I'm not sure the episodes are like. It says one to three, one to uh, four to five, like. Oh, and so it's not, it's not. Does it give you air dates? It doesn't give me exact. Uh, I can check, but like, it doesn't. It says like, uh, five episodes January nineteen sixty six, and five episodes February, and then five March, uh, nineteen sixty six, and Thanksgiving. Oh, that's from the seventies. Never mind. But yeah, it's like three whole episodes with like five episodes in each of them. Ah, Does it make sense? Yes. Like yeah. January, March and, uh, in 1966. January, February and March. And then I, I have like from 70s and forward. Okay. So, well, I'm excited. Okay, to last what... number one. Yeah. Last number one. Ariette. My <laughs> turn. So... Yeah, I had a different um, pick as number one, but that's my honorable mention instead, since it's an obvious pick. So my number one is the Salem serial killer storyline. I loved it. I thought it was like so crazy. It was and the way all the deaths, like they had such inventive deaths. It was campy. It was dramatic. Yes. It was fun. Like I love I love camp. That's why I watch soaps. Yes. But also I want to see that romance and drama. But Salem Serial Killer storyline that was at the peak of my me getting into the fandom. Like I started to becoming more like hooked on days. Um, yeah. So yeah, because it it really kicked off, which we didn't know it at the time, in August of '03. With the basic black fashion show, then you had exactly. Abe, and then you had Theo's christening and Abe dying in September, and then from that point on, from like September of 03 to like May of 04, or even into the summer of 04, for like that nine month period, like you People could not miss an episode, right. right? People and were also, dying left and right, yes. And also, I like that it they um focused on Rex and Mimi. A little bit because they had like the was he the serial killer wasn't he the serial killer he had these mood swings right because he had those weird migraines too right we never found out why he had him i'm still waiting yeah they never explained they never that. they never explained it um but like they they said in one episode that he had a migraine when whenever someone was about to kill 
when the serial killer was about to kill someone. So that's now, why he had my I would explain it if I were playing fantasy writer is like, let's say that they attempted to hypnotize Rex the same way they hypnotized Marlena and it didn't work. But the migraines are a residual side effect. Oh, that could be. A, that's that's a interesting. Good. That's that how I would made a really extra good story if it happened to be both of them. But that's how yeah. I that if I were a writer, that would be what I would do. But I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Ariette knows my dream storylines, and we, me and her bounce back and forth on what we think should be happening, but. It is, and it's hilarious. We have such a good time with it. But I guess that's it. That's number one. Can I mention my honorable mention? Come on, come on. Marlena's position. Come on, that's like iconic. That's my favorite storyline. But I try to be like a little bit different. I'm gonna go ahead and tell them. I went ahead and told them, do not (laughs) take the possession because we all have the same. Yeah. Number one. Come on, the position. That storyline got me hooked on days. And what's funny about it is my uh, sister and my older brother, they were also watching it. And so my sister, she knew knew I was terrified of Marlena. Mm. And we shared a room. (laughs) And she pretended, pretended to be possessed every night. (laughs) <laughs> to scare me and she was like she was like Marina. I screamed and she oh my god I have such fond memories of of this storyline because of her I she scarred me for life but still when I look back at it I was just like I'm laughing because it's so funny that Marlena scared me so much like I thought she was like really scary <laughs> but it was such such a good storyline. It was uh, iconic. I have yeah. fond memories of that storyline too, mainly because the first time I watched that storyline was back in 2014, and I had just had wisdom tooth surgery. If you have wisdom tooth surgery, you know you're laid up for at least a week and you cannot eat anything. Couldn't go to school, nothing. So I sat up and watched that whole storyline from front to finish. Is that were you just watching off of John and Marlena edits? Yes. That was around the time that was around the time that I did my John and Marlena bitch. We were probably watching off the same Pier 29 YouTube account. Yep. Oh, I missed that YouTube account. It was so much quicker. It was Pier <laughs> 29, right? Yeah. But uh I watched that for a solid week. And I in it was so good that I would watch it literally for 12 hours a day that oh my god me too probably by that saturday i had made it to lady in the cage wow oh wow yeah like when i did my john and marlena binge because she had it like she had it like years she had like disc one disc two disc three used to have pyramid lady in the cage the secret room oh god that account i think that account might still be up because or at least I got I to gotta look. I got a bunch of John and Marlena no, playlists. They shut it down because, I... you know, NBC caught wind of them. But I actually think I saw those playlists again around this time. Like, probably. I'm pretty few... sure because I just downloaded a bunch of stuff recently. I think I just saw it a few weeks ago, actually. And 
I was going to download it, but you know, I'm with Classic Days now, and they have every storyline, so I don't want to miss out on it. <laughs> it's so good. But I guess that's the end of this top five podcast, guys. Um, I hope everyone had an amazing holiday. And New Year's is right around the corner. So happy 2021, Salem 2022. Yes. Uh, And we will see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.